Blog Talk Radio. What does it take to transform health throughout all our neighborhoods here in L.A. County? Well, we have to look at health differently. We need to recognize living conditions as health conditions, from hunger to homelessness. That's why, as the nation's largest community-inspired health plan, L.A. Care is more than just a card in your pocket. We're elevating health care here in the City of Angels. L.A. Care, for all of L.A. LACare.org. Blog Talk Radio.
it's good to be here. It's good to just kind of hang out a little bit. It's been that kind of day. I'm preparing to get out of town a little bit and uh, did like a photo shoot today and and some and some work on a on a music video. So I'm just kind of laying low tonight and relaxing a little bit. So this is perfect. Oh, well, great, great, man. Well, listen, man. I always like to start from the beginning with our guests, man, because we have so many artists this, you know, around the world that that. Uh, are basically trying to do what you do, and I know they're trying to find out how you do what you do, how you get started, where's the beginning, how did you get started in the beginning. So I'd like to kind of start there, man, give our listeners a little background on who Eddie Mann is, man. I can already tell you got a sure. great personality and you got a great story, man, and I can tell automatically you've got had a great journey, so let our listeners in. <laughs> yeah, I, I really have... Um... I mean, I've really been blessed, man, and I think part of it has been that I've always, uh, I always, always, always came from the place that I wanted to hone whatever gifts I had. So whenever opportunities came up, I could take advantage of them. And um, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith, so if there's a light shining and, and and it feels like I'm being drawn to it, then it's a good thing. You know, I don't question whether I'm capable or not. I just know that that's where my God wants me to be. So. I, I started like a lot of kids in high school, and um, I was I was painfully shy in high school. I mean, I was an athlete, and I was a good athlete, but um, I just didn't have a voice. I didn't have any confidence, and uh, until I started playing guitar, and um, uh, almost automatically, um, I, I found my voice. I found a, a way to express myself, and uh, I wasn't even any good. I, <laughs> I was probably pretty bad, <laughs> but it didn't stop me. I had confidence, you know. It, it, it's what got me over the hump, and and uh, and it got me a date every weekend. So it all was good in high school. Um, and uh, I got into a couple years of college, and I thought I, I really started to get, uh, really caught up in, in what was happening with music in the music scene in Philadelphia, and uh, and I, uh, I realized that I, I I thought at the time I need to take some time away from school and get this out of my system. And uh, a lifetime later, <laughs> um, it's not going to get out of my system because it is part of the fabric of who I am. Um, so, uh, so I had a really good run. I, I had a, a run of a really good season, just playing professionally and traveling around. And like I said, at this point, I had really kind of uh, toned my craft a little bit. I worked really hard at being a competent uh, guitarist that could play in any kind of any setting. And and in Philly, you know, it was a little, it was a really diverse setting for me growing up because it was a lot of the Philly sound, a lot of R&B stuff, and there was still a lot of this, a lot of the uh, contemporary rock stuff uh, on the other right, side was, of town. So, so yeah, I, I was going to ask playing, you, man. I was going to ask you about that because Philly International, that that was big. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you couldn't help but be affected by that, you know. And uh, I mean, all walks of life wanted to come here and record here, with Gamble and Huff and and Sigma exactly. Sound. So, um, so it was a it was a it was a, a hotbed at a point where I was really really kind of uh, I could be shaped a lot of different ways. You know, I was just you know ready to ready to figure out where I fit. And uh, I I always grew up listening. My father was a, had a played piano and had a jazz quintet, like a bebop quintet. He used to practice a lot at the house. So there was always music around, and I listened to all kinds of music. So um, in my early 20s, when I, when I realized that like the songwriting bug was really really inspired me the most, uh, that's really what my passion was in writing, that um, I had a, a, you know, a really diverse library of ideas in my, in my head and, and sounds that I had heard and digested and so uh, that really served me well, and I, I did that for a, a you know a, a, a season of time, and and I met my wife, and and uh, when we decided to have a family, I wanted to be you know I want you want to be home, I wanted my kids to know what I looked like, I didn't want to be traveling around, so um, I actually went back to school and was an, an educator. I taught for a season, and uh, when my kids were real young, and uh, as they were getting older and starting to come a little. A little more uh, independent on their on their own. I I kind of felt myself being drawn back into into the creative aspects of writing again and playing and and I got a call from a from a pastor I had never met from a church I had never attended, <laughs> but uh, so, somehow he got a hold of an album and uh, I mean it it really touched him. He called me in for 
what was going to be was like a, a half hour was meet. A, was it a spiritual album or a contemporary album? What kind? It was. It was. I'm not going. I. I. For me, it wasn't really a spiritual album. But every everything that I've written, everything I've always, um, everything that I've created has always been positive. I mean, I grew up in the church, and uh, seeds were planted real young, and uh, you know, I, I'm the atypical prodigal son. I wandered wandered away, you know, and. You know, my journey took me away from the church. But even when I was away and I was traveling around playing and writing, man, I always had a, a you know, I, I stayed out of trouble for the most part. You know, I, I kind of knew I, I, those seeds were planted and there were things working inside of me that just kept me out of a lot of trouble, kept me out of serious drug issues, kept me out of serious alcohol issues. And um, so so when I went to meet this guy, it wasn't it wasn't completely off. You know, it wasn't completely out of my world, but it, it was. It, it put me in a situation that I had never even dreamed of doing. I never thought of being a worship leader up front, putting bands, putting uh, you know acts together, bands together, and and putting teams together, and going out and leading people in a time of worship. And uh, it was such a natural thing. That's what surprised me. I think the most. I had already. Again, I had honed my gift as a as a band leader. I could lead a band in my sleep. I could, you know, I could get the players together, chart the music, get arrangements, and pull that off without thinking. What I had to learn to do at that point in my life was to be it was to learn how to be a spiritual leader, because I wasn't hiring musicians to come play every day, every every weekend. Now now I'm playing with people that have a heart for God and have a gift, and most of them were not, you know, were not. Uh, worked on you know these were just you know people did this stuff on the side so they right. you know that was the part of it that was that was the hardest part for me to to uh, to get a grip on but i had a great season there and and uh i saw two beautiful services grow and uh fill the house up and uh it, it grew it, it grew into a into um yeah, a little more of a more of a cottage kind of industry of writing for the church because i was really encouraged um, by the senior pastor at the church to write for the congregation, write in the language that he was speaking and that the church spoke, and uh, not necessarily just grab what was ever hot, you know, on, on a contemporary Christian or a gospel chart, and just kind of, you know. So it's it it's it's interesting that I look back on it now because it really it really even even writing for the church was a journey in itself, in that the first album was really. Was very much R&B. Somebody had the, the, had this great review of it. They called it blue-eyed gospel, and I thought it was really good. You know, it was, it, it was really right on. It was right on because it was just you know I had grown up with all this stuff and all this R&B stuff, right. and I, and it really came out. It was it was probably the closest thing that I ever wrote to that would be considered anything like a Philly sound. And I I think that was back in 2008, and. Um, and I loved it. I had, a, I had a, a, just some hot players that that God, you know, presented to me, and I had a couple of professional guys that were that were part of the church. One I didn't even know. One had a couple hundred album credits to to himself. A guy named Ron Kerb, a wonderful, wonderful woodwind guy. And and all, you know, one week he's up there, and I'm talking with him, and he sits in, and and a week later he's up there playing, and I'm and I'm having trouble, you know. I'm going, man. You know, I, I want to worship here, man, but you're playing, and it's just taking me away. <laughs> so, um, so there was some, some just some really cool times, and that. But you know, like everything else, that journey grew, and and the journey that the, the church took musically also grew. You know, we're constantly growing in our faith, which means we're constantly, you know, expanding our our, our not only our our biblical knowledge and our and our relationship with God, but also in the way that we worship. So uh, I just re- resigned from that uh, position, oh, maybe a little over a year and a half ago. And I just felt after uh, after being there as long as I was, it was just time for something new. I felt God calling me on to, to get out. And uh, and I'm really uh, I'm really loving it. I mean, I'm in a brand new season here, and I, I'm actually loving it. My, my girls have grown, and they're out of the house. Um, my wife and I are, are, again, experiencing a life that's just the two of us. And um, I, I get to travel now because I'm not, I don't have to be at a specific church every Sunday morning and Saturday night now. And I still guest lead at a lot of churches around the area. And uh, so it's been a really, it's been a really uh, nice change um, from, from where I started. 
but but still, it's just just a wonderful journey, and I'm really excited about what the next couple legs are going to look like. Well, sound like you're going to continue to produce because um, I mean I put that I put that all under that same topic as being a chef, um, especially what you did, you know, with the church, you know, pulling all the different components and ingredients together and being able to know that you put something good together. I mean, that's that's one of the greatest feelings in the world when you know that you've actually touched something and something good came out of it. It's almost like making making a great cake. Yep, yep. We don't know. That's the thing with faith. We don't always know. You know, we're planting seeds all the time, and we don't always see to you know get a chance to see them take root. So every once in a while, I feel like you know, God just says, "Here you go. Take a look at this. Look what you did." You know, and probably probably that's at the times when we need it the most. You know, maybe we're getting down, or maybe we're getting worn down, because uh, the world or the world will certainly wear us down. Um, True. So uh, so yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's uh, uh, that's always been a part of the way I looked at things. I, when, when I was teaching, I was teaching in, in Christian schools. So, um, like like every other school, the arts were the least that were supported financially. And uh, for me to to put things together, I was always making do. You know, I'd, I'd find or create what I needed uh, to to put a little <laughs> praise band together or whatever it was, but, because I knew they weren't going to give me the money. Isn't that what a producer do, Eddie? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know what? It's recognizing. I, I go out now, and I a lot of times I'll I, I go to these conferences. I go to a conference, or somebody asks me to come in and do a workshop. And you now people are are hung up that you know they hear they hear something on the radio from one of these big you know mega churches where there's you know a couple thousand people and they've you know they've got three or four bands that are all you know state of the art equipment. And well, I can't do that equipment those songs because I don't have. And I stopped them and I said, you know, I, I was I'm a giant giant uh, Israel Houghton fan. And I, I, I taught those songs to my team on acoustic guitar. I didn't even want them to hear his band. <laughs> I didn't want them to hear what, what, what he was doing. I, I wanted to, the songs were so good that I wanted to go in with just a guitar and sing them and let the spirit just run through the people in the band. And once in a while, I'd have to give them a groove and say, no, we're going to do it with this feel or, or maybe work off a rhythmic, rhythmic or bass pattern, you know, and, and we'd right. build the song off of that. But, but you know, there, was, there were no, no walls, no barriers. You know, God provided all the gifts that I needed at the church. It may not have been what I wanted, but God was going to provide everything I needed. I just had to be smart enough, pray, and, and see the vision. You know, see what the, where the spirit was leading it. Definitely, it sounded like it was a growth process for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Like most of life is, right? I mean, that's what yep. it is. We're never there. Yeah. We're never there. We've never arrived. <laughs> and I guess what I find ironic with you, Eddie, because most of most of us have somewhat of the same background. It doesn't really matter what part of the country you come from, but a lot of my teachings and stuff came from the church too i mean that was where i first heard music that was when i first sang in a choir you know and that's when i first Mm -hmm. got my first inkling and and my roots because my people are all from texas you know so we came up in church every every sunday Sunday school you know it it wasn't even an option to go outside and play uh you go into church and then after (laughs) church you know you'd have the sunday dinner you know, so yep. that's all. That's all it was on Sunday. So everything else had to wait. That's right. No, that's right. I had the same kind of experience. My father had my father's side of the family uh, were some old Germans that had a farm up out of, outside of outside of Philadelphia itself, and that was Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoons after church, man, was driving up to the farm and hanging out with everybody, and we'd have our big meal up there and. So, um, yeah, that was a big chunk of it. You know, but I, was, I had this conversation the other day with someone. I said, when I left, when I wandered away, I had seeds obviously were planted in me when I was a child growing up and, and in my uh, teens and all. But I knew what was there for me. I knew what I could go back to. And I really worry about a generation of kids today that maybe aren't being brought up in the church and aren't going to have that. It's not going to be going back to your roots. You know, they're not getting any roots in the church. They're, they're not being taught the heritage of, you know, of, of, the, of, the, of the belief system. Um, I agree. And I, that's, a bit, that's a bit daunting for me because I, just, I, just, I worry about them. You know, I worry about 
it's going to be harder for them to find their way. Um, what I have an issue with on the same note is children today, they're not allowed to be children first and foremost. They're, they're being bombarded right. with too many adult issues when they're not even capable of even working their way through childhood. You know, we had the opportunity to play with toys and little red wagons and, you know, go outside and play ball and fall down on scooters yep. and stuff, you know. Uh, the kids yep. today seem like, uh, I mean, not to say they're confused at an early age, but they have to process so much information. So in that in that processing all the information on a daily, uh, what's being lost? You know, the, the humility, um, the common sense. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, they don't have the arts in schools no more because we had band and harmony and all that stuff in elementary school. Right. During the high school, we had all that, you know. And nowadays, yep. if your parents, if your parents aren't, you know, financially able, or upper middle class, whatever you say, to afford to send their child to get piano lessons, or if the parent, you know, is a musical itself, you know, we we losing a lot of musicians as a result of that. A lot of them are, you know, they computer savvy, but where are all the musicians at today? Right. Yeah. I. 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 I one of the greatest. Uh, gifts my parents gave me was a broad background of of music you know my my dad was a bebop guy so so that was that was that was his music you know he used to tease me i you know he would tease me with long-haired music and i used to think you know what's he talking to me he must be talking about this like hippie rock stuff and he'd go no that's the classical (laughs) stuff the long hair stuff and i thought okay it's a different generation but but still, you know, it was just, you know, I was hearing that stuff, you know, and I was digesting it. And not all of it worked. A lot of it would go by my ears, and I'd go, that doesn't move me. And still today, it's not that, you know, it's not that everything moves me, but there's something there in every style and every genre of music yeah. for, that, that, that I can learn from, that I can be inspired by. Um, it's just that, you know, I've got to open up my ears to, to hear it, you know, and open up my heart to, like, want to know what, you know, want to understand what, what uh, what this person heard to make him write this? That's what freaks me out a lot. It used to get me as even as a guitarist, I could study any guitarist and I could learn to play the licks. But I wanted to know what were they thinking that made them come up with this stuff? What are they listening to? <laughs> they were being inspired by something something different than I was. You know, I want to get into their head and find out. That was my biggest thing. I didn't want to know what kind of guitar they had, what kind of strings they had. I wanted to know what albums they were listening to. <laughs> so a little hey, bit different approach. Loved- I would have liked to ask Jimi Hendrix that question. Yeah, there you go. I'm into that. <laughs> I would have definitely liked to ask him that that question. Absolutely. So, yeah, but well, definitely I could tell, you know, you're definitely a product of your environment, as we all are. Um, a lot of us don't want to uh, admit that, but we all are a product of our environment, you know. I hear a lot of guys Absolutely, saying, Absolutely, yeah, you know, I agree. I hear a lot of guys saying, well, they have their own style, and I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's kind of hard to figure out what your own style is when you've heard a plethora of styles in the last 30-plus, 40-plus years, you know what I mean, from everybody. So how are you going to get yours out of that and go back 30, 40,000 million other musicians and say your style is not similar to that style? I mean, it's amazing to me, but... I think we all mm-hmm. are a product of our environment, you know. Yeah, it just kind of morphs a little bit. I tell a lot of young people when I see them, just be yourself, man. Don't you know the world doesn't need another, you know, this A band, and it doesn't need another, you know, B guitarist and another C singer. It just, it, you know, the world needs you to be yourself, and just to allow all this stuff to filter through you, and and just write what you hear, you know, sing what you hear, mm-hmm. play what you hear. Um, and uh, you know, not everybody's gonna like it, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's all right. You know, not everybody gets what I do, um, but you know, everybody knows it's honest. You know, it, it's it's an honest it's an honest piece of art that you know it's going to touch some people, and other people are going to look at it or listen to it, and they're going to go, "I don't get it," and that's all right. You know, I think you know, just, but I think you have to, you know, that that we you know we. We judge our society judges everything whether you're successful or not usually on a dollar bill, and right. uh, I mean that's just you know that you can't you can't judge art that way you know it's like kind of it's like deciding that the only church that's 
that, that's really, you know, preaching the message is the mega church because there's so many people there. Well, that's not even close to the truth. You know, that's not the measuring stick. But, you know, that's our society. That's what our society tells us. You know, you're successful by looking at your account. Your accountant can tell you whether you're successful or not. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's horrible from a creative point of view. You know, when I was teaching, when I was teaching in school, some, some few, a few years I taught art classes along with the music classes. And I would tell them, I'd, you know, we, I'd ask them to, to present a style, a certain style of art. Uh, it might be a broke from the broke period or, or Renaissance period, and I told them when it was done. I said, I don't care if I like it or not. I just want to see you. I want to see that you understand how to create that type of art. And if you're using the right technique, man, you, you know that's great. That's what we're, that's what we're learning here because you may use that technique later on in life in something else that you do. You know, so. Um, well, I think this country is composed of a lot of followers opposed to leaders anyway. Because it seems like we don't like something until somebody else say they do. Yeah, <laughs> the world. But then again, <laughs> yeah. But then you can go to some. You can go to Europe. You know, and to me, I think Europeans are a lot more. You know, I think there's a lot more audiophiles there. They're a lot more serious about their music than they're here in the states. Yeah. That's why I see a lot of artists. They leave here, and they go right. over there and work. And then once they say, "Oh, you hot, you happening," you know, you're a very talented artist, and you come back here and look like everybody's willing to open doors up for you. You're not always like yep. amazes me. Yeah, I don't think that that we, we we necessarily inspire kids to be free thinkers. I mean, but, you know, we it's, it sounds good when somebody says it, but you know, we've I think as a society we we build walls all the time. We build walls it's for almost, people to it's survive. It's almost like in. either you. It's almost sorry. It's almost either you sound too much like somebody or not enough like somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So yes, it's it's uh, it's music business is something something else. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, uh, your your latest album, Dig Love. Tell tell us about that. I I'm a, I write all the time. Um, that's a curse and a blessing, you know. Um, I, I never feel like I I never. Oh, I shouldn't say I never. I usually don't write for an album. When it comes time to do the next album, I'll look back and look at the stuff that I've written in the past season of my life. And it usually, uh, usually, you know, it's pretty obvious. It's going to reflect where where I'm living, what I'm living through at the time. And uh, before I did um, the season before Dig Love, I, I I just was really being affected by what I was seeing and hearing going on in the world. And uh, you know, I, I being having a faith background that I do, I'm pretty much an optimist about things. So I, I was writing a lot of songs that were um, about an idyllic, idyllically peaceful place and a more compassionate view for humanity. Um, I, it seemed to me that what I was seeing was that as soon as you and I would have a difference of anything, as soon as we didn't agree on one thing. I was seeing conversations stop and no movement forward. Instead of all the, instead of focusing in on all the things that we have in common, you know, the world seems to be that if you, they focus on the one thing you don't, and that doesn't allow you to move forward. And uh, so I was writing a lot of songs that had to do with relationships and uh, having your voice be heard and and rising up through um, all through all the trappings of the world itself that, were, that tend to hold us back. Um, and uh, uh, it was really good. It was a step, it was a departure for me because it was the first album probably after four or five, maybe six, that was not a worship album. Um, They were songs that were all spiritually inspired. Um, They were all songs about the kingdom, but for me they were just wonderful conversation starters for me when I play them out. Um, And that's, you know, depending on whether I have the full band with me or whether I'm playing as a solo act in a much smaller venue. The smaller venues are, are just tend to be much more conversational and personal anyhow. So sometimes um, you can get into things a little bit deeper there than you can in a large venue. Uh, but 
uh, the album was, was was reached more people than I thought, opened up many more conversations than than I anticipated, and I was really pleased with that. Um, and I'm preparing now. I have a, a, a new album called The Consequence, which will be released in November, um, and it's kind of the follow up uh, to, to Dig Love, um, and I think it's a little bit darker. Um, it might be a little bit a little bit more um, slower pace here and there, um, because even even if, we, if even if we embrace the idea of of being a more compassionate and loving person, we're still going to go through dark times. We're still going to know uh, illness, and we're still going to know loss, and we're still going to know troubled times. And um, but I really wanted to focus on the power of love as the way to get through those times. Um, and and the you know the title song the title of the album is called the consequence from from a song called the consequence which was really just about how a reflection of how how we react to things in our life uh, how we react to things that are going on in the world um, the way we talk about them the way we act upon them all that stuff we have an opportunity to sway the consequence in how we respond certainly as believers and uh, in, in Christ and, and God. We have a, an, an opportunity to sway the consequence. We never have complete control of the consequence, but um, at least we have the opportunity to sway it a little bit. And if we all play out our little part, um, I got to believe that the world would be a little better place. I agree. I agree. As I'm listening to you talk, Eddie, we definitely have to get you on our, our, our sister show. Um, we do a show on Sunday. My co-host is. Uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Matt, Dr. Matthew Anderson, who's a, a relationship specialist, a relationship coach, mm-hmm. and, and author. So definitely gonna have to get you over there on that particular show too. I know he'd enjoy talking to you as well. Absolutely, would love to. Yes. Well, listen, we got one of your songs queued up, man. Uh, I'm I'm waiting to hear this particular song. It's uh, by you, of course. Uh, My grateful heart. Very cool. Yes, here we go. My grateful heart, Mr. Eddie Mandel.
I definitely uh, like the title. <laughs> That's actually from a. I just did a. I just released a compilation uh, album called Reprise, uh, or, or, or regarding the prize. Um, in September, I had uh, three uh, worship albums that that kind of that sold out over between this past June and May. Just just coincidence that they, and rather than repress all three, I took uh, a dozen of the most. Um, uh, I guess the songs that that. Kind of resonate the most in, in in my audience and put them together in, in, on one album, um, and my grateful heart was was one of those. You know, I, I've always had a kind of a soft spot for that six feel, that six eight feel, that rock and feel back and forth. So um, I, I haven't written much with that feel, but uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun to write. I it's, you know that when I when I was writing that, I was really um, I wanted to. To try to capture some of the old hymn writers um, lyrically, um, some of the old hymns just have the most colorful um, lyrics to them. And uh, I think you I mean, did I that. Slaved. I think I think you did uh, that. I, you know, I, I kind of slaved over these lines, except for that one little refrain line. There's no hiding how I feel. All my praise and worship's real. And when I played this out at my church. Um, immediately, you know, I start, you know, I ask always, I have an accountability team back in the day, and I'm always asking people, what do you like, what do you about? And the thing that caught them the most was the, sim- was the simple line, it was, there's no hiding. Because you got a lot of seniors, you got a lot of seniors would feel that and may not necessarily get the words right away. Yeah, well, you know this too, I tend to, you know, sometimes we, 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 we make it, we make it, we tend to make it more difficult than it is. You know, I find myself writing in a much simpler form, a much simpler song form right now, and I've kind of moved away into a lot more acoustic instruments and and, and it's more of an old uh, folk or Americana type of thing. And um, so I, I, I'm just digging into a lot of older albums that way, and a lot of a lot of actually older gospel albums too that were just kind of acoustic guitar, or just a couple little instruments, and um, just a much simpler format. Um, than I have written it in the past, so I'm kind of enjoying that season right now. It's showing up in a lot of my writing. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. It has, um, I think, the word I'm looking for is pure. It has mm-hmm. a pure. It has a pure feeling. It's not um, yeah, conge- like congested. <laughs> it's just pure. Uh-huh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we got something beautiful queued up, too, Eddie, so we're going to run that one real quick, man. Let our listeners put their ears on that one. Then uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Something beautiful. Mr. Eddie Mann. Oh, 
Okay, your girl Miss Drama Ganza, mm-hmm, check. Lip gloss, check. Mascara, check. I am Indy with the homie K Biddy, check, check. You listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby, and I love you for it. Mwah. All right, all right, all right. Mr. Eddie, man, now I'm 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 convinced. Now that I'm gonna have to go and listen to all your music because um, <laughs> look, listening to your your music and knowing your background now, I really, 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 really got to go educate myself a little bit more, man, so I can get up to date on your journey because. I'm like I'm hearing a lot of different musical styles. I'm hearing a lot of different stuff. So, just from my own personal listening experience, I need to find out how you got to where you are too, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's that's sweet. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 definitely the thing. So, give me, tell me this. Who have been some of the artists, man? Who, um, I guess, who's one of the favorite acts you performed with on the same bill? Oh boy, um, there's there's so much talent around right now. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do more in my area is to build more community uh, between um, between the acts uh, and bands and or singers, um, because even the Christian uh, kind of circuit of of coffee houses and concert events. Um, has has to survive in the worldly sense, in that everybody's competing for for an audience and competing for airtime and competing for uh, social media space, um, and it ends up it ends up building a natural competition between bands, which is the last thing um, I, I think Christian acts should be doing. Right, as competing amongst themselves, it's hard enough out there. We have someone to compete against, <laughs> um, so so we don't need that. So I've been I've been working a lot more with uh, adding two and three people to my my personal uh, dates and shows. Um, I've created a, a worship circle um, where I'll bring out two other worship leaders, and we'll do it almost like almost like a like a songwriters round. But for us, we want to create a, a time of worship that that has no barriers, no no time limits, no okay. Now we have to dismiss the kids. Now we have to do the announcements. Now we ha- there's just nothing. It's just this, it's just completely spirit led, and I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and just just been uh, overjoyed with the results. Not only from uh, the leaders who have had an opportunity to participate in it, but from the amount of uh, people that are now attending the events and experiencing it on the other side, you know, because they also have the freedom during that, during that time together to move and sing and clap and dance and do whatever the spirit puts on their heart without any, again, any barriers or any, any feeling any, um, like anything's not allowed. Um, so, um, so that's been a part of me trying to reach out to that community. Um, there's, each each year, each year I release. If I release something new, there tends to be at least six six or seven artists or worship leaders that I have participate in my album release party, just because they're new people to me, and they're just people that I've been reaching out to and trying to uh, to uh, to again build community with, um, just to 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 make us a stronger unit. We all go through the same things. Um, Anybody that's that's trying to lead worship on Sunday morning is fighting the same battles. We all fight the same battles. I could go to any conference and I could open up and and, and mention one thing, and everybody's hands would go up. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. It's the same battle in every church. We're all just fighting the flesh and trying to get out of God's way. Um, so uh, so from that aspect, I've been you know again trying to build community as far as. Uh, musical inspirations and things like that. There's a guy on the West Coast, a guy named Tommy Walker, that's not the most popular songwriter um, in the world, but I've had a chance to meet him and hang out with him. Uh, actually hung out with him at a, at a retreat in Kansas one time and uh, got to know him a little bit. And uh, We have a lot of the same kind of background in that we had music in our homes and uh, had, had, uh, had, a, had a good, solid Christian upbringing 
and they both wanted to go out and be great, you know, guitarists, and then realized that though there was something greater than that, and that's where our, that, that's where our gift should be spent. Um, uh, he's he's written some just some wonderful pieces of music, and, and I, I'm always inspired by him. Um, I think I mentioned earlier Israel is another one. There's just so many people out there just writing good stuff. I tend not to listen to, um, I tend not to focus on what's what the world tells me is popular. Um, right. You know, there's some there's some yeah. bands that that, that that dominate. You know, they just dominate the charts. Um, but and but there's so many other you know great things happening musically that uh, um, it, it's you know I'm always looking. You know, I'm always weeding through, trying to find the gems that aren't being heard. You know, it's kind of te- it's a technology thing, right? Because it, today, it's I used to drive two hours to do a 15-minute interview. You know, and now I I roam 30 seconds into a room, plug in, and I can do I can do you know interviews all day across the world, across um, the which world, which is a cool thing. And and every but the other side of that is everybody that's got a computer can release live music to the world today. That's so there's true. so many more there's so many more people doing it. And yeah, and yeah, there's some people out there that maybe shouldn't be, but for the most part there's a lot of people out there with a lot of talent that are just, you know, figuring it out. They're figuring out their craft and honing their gifts and and just working really hard at uh, um from a Christian sense, you know, spreading God's kingdom, you know, spreading the word. So that's exciting to me, you know, but, but like I said, I'm always weeding through things, looking for them, you know. So. I had a quick question for you. How do you feel about uh, 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 these big bands? I know we mentioned it in passing earlier to, in the conversation. How do you feel about these mega churches with these big bands? I mean, that's a long way from uh, the piano and a tambourine. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's, I think there's, I think there's, there's good um uh, every, everywhere i think there are people that need to be in small churches some people get lost in a large church and i think that there's probably other people that 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 need to be in a large group um it's kind of like that for me it's kind of like when you walk into a church and you hear you you hear somebody preaching and it's not reaching you it's not touching you at all but i mean there's there's you know 25 30 people in the church that are being lifted up and they're just being so filled, you know. Somewhere along the line, I, I came to grips with the fact that there's, God's created all these different types of people, and along the way, He's created all these different types of pastors <laughs> for those people, you know. That's, yeah. And and the same thing, and I think the same thing holds true then musically, that He's created all these different type of musicians to create the different types of music for all these different places, these different churches, these different pastors. And it, it's, I think it, goes, it comes down to if, if you're not happy at your church, don't be running around complaining. You know, you're in the wrong church because the one down the street might be the perfect place for you. You may hear the word preached the way you want to hear it, and you may be able to worship and sing the songs the way you want to sing them rather than trying to change you know, what your church has to offer. I think sometimes we get caught up in that. You know, we're right, everybody else is wrong, and it's supposed <laughs> to be the way, you know. And, and, and being, really, being it's judged, because you've gone to that church. Yeah, you know, what is, you, you've been brought up in that church, and you've never wandered into another church, so you don't even know any different. You right. know, I was brought up in a little, a, little, a little Lutheran church, a little German Lutheran church, and I grew up in that church. And when I came back to the church, that's where I went because that's where my roots were. And then all of a sudden, it became church became a, a place of of employment. It became work. I wasn't being employed anymore. And, hey, Eddie, and I wanted. Listen, to... I don't want to cut you off, man. We like down to yeah. the last minute or so of the show, man. We've been having a great time, but I want you to tell our listeners how they can get at you, man. How your email address, your yeah, information, absolutely. man, for absolutely. the show. All right, go for it. Eddieman dot com. E D D Y M A N N dot com on Facebook. It's uh, uh, Twitter, E-D-D-Y underscore man Same thing on Instagram And I'd love to be in conversation with you Whoever you are, whatever you, whoever, whatever you hear Whether you like it If you hear something and you hate it, man It's pushing, it's kicking, kicking your nerves, man Let's get in conversation about it 
Absolutely, man. Well, I definitely want to thank you a lot, man. We've had fun, and man, you know, it's always great when the show go by so fast, man. An hour go by fast, you get caught up in the conversation, and it's all good, man, because I definitely want to ask you some more questions about, uh, you know, contemporary gospel and all that good stuff, man, but I'm definitely going to have you back on the show, and we'll kick it back in gear the next go-round, man, and I definitely want to thank you again, and shout-out to Michael Stover. Absolutely. Yep. I want to thank you, man. I appreciate the support and uh, anytime. Love to All be right, back. man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you much, man. Keep doing what you do. Same here. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.